What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Sessions Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Justin Ochoa, and excited to jump into another solo episode today. We're going to be talking about the hybrid training model. Now, for those of you guys that don't know, the hybrid training model is just a model that blends the general physical preparedness or sports performance with skill development or more technical and tactical development for athletes. So that's a model that blends two worlds together where one coach or one entity is doing both of those jobs, which is typically looked at as a separate, two separate jobs. So we'll dive in on that. Um, also, before we want to, before we get into that, I'm going to say a big shout out as always, big thank you to Hoist, sponsor of today's show. Check out www.drinkhoist.com. Look at the flavors they have, look at the ingredients they use, look at the formula they use. You'll see that this is IV level hydration. It's top of the line. I promise you that it's a game changer. I don't drink any other sports drink. I drink hoist, I drink coffee, and I drink water. That's it. It gets me right every time. So check out their website again, drinkhoist.com. If you like what you see, feel free to use my promo code PACE, P-A-C-E, for 10% off of your purchase. Check it out. Again, I'm going to keep telling you guys every week, and I'm not going to stop using it because I actually used it before we ever had a relationship or any type of support from them. So again, check it out, drinkhoist.com, PACE for 10% off. Now let's jump into the show. I want to start off a little bit different with uh, some some personal updates. I guess we, you know, we just had Thanksgiving, so hopefully you guys had a nice couple of days off. Hopefully you guys got to enjoy time with your family, uh, have some time around your loved ones, eat some amazing food. I know I certainly did pick out for about two days straight. Now we're back to it, <laughs> back on the wagon. Other than that, you know, we had we hit the Black Friday deals as always. Had to uh, get some furniture for the new house. We close on the new house on the 5th. So December 5th, we'll be moving. So that's always fun buying furniture. I mean, it's not, it's the adult purchases now that you get excited for a fridge and the couch and the table and all that stuff. Took Mason and Julian to the furniture store and Mason was uh, about this close to breaking every piece of glass in the store. So I'm glad that's over. Other than that, I just wanted to fill you guys in, obviously, on some some personal stuff, just because I know that this is more like get straight to it, get straight to the interview or the topic. So I figured I'd update you guys on what's going on in my life. I feel like once I get that house closed on, it'll be a huge weight off of my shoulders. Uh, my life has kind of been in limbo, it seems like, with not knowing what the next step for the gym is, um, not knowing... When the house is going to be done until recently so we actually sold our house back in april so we've been renting from the new owner in the same house which is actually kind of unique the guy who bought our house is actually going to turn it into a rental property so we got lucky in that he's going to rent it back to us until the house is done which is approaching rapidly but it was nice because the market was so high when we sold you know, we couldn't have gotten what we got for our house back in April today. So it all worked out, but we just been kind of, you know, not living normally. Like we got boxes everywhere. Our house isn't as clean or tidy as it, as it usually is. So 
I'll be happy when this chapter is closed and then we can focus on the gym and just figure out where our next move is there. We've actually got a space that we've been eyeing. We uh, turned in a RFP, which is a request for a proposal so we can get a formal proposal from the owner to see what the numbers might look like. Been talking to the bank to see what our lending options might look like. So hopefully before Christmas, I'll have an idea of kind of what the next move is for the gym and what that looks like going into 2023. So the vision there is just be able to have everything in house, basketball court, weight room, turf, and uh, potentially some other items, have a one-stop shop for athletic development and, and really just get back to where we were before all this stuff kind of went down with our partnership up in Grand Park. So I will be super excited when that chapter closes as well. But we're not there yet, but we're getting there. We're getting close. So I can't wait. Now, in terms of today's show, today will be a quick one. I'm hoping to keep this around 30 minutes so you guys can listen to it on your commute. And we can just get straight into the info and I try not to go on too many rants today, but I can't make any promises. So hybrid training model. What is a hybrid training model? To me, is just simply a model that incorporates elements of general physical preparedness or strength and conditioning, speed and agility with the elements of skill development and more strategy of the sport. So you take those two things, you mash them together. That's what I think a hybrid training model is. A hybrid coach is somebody who can facilitate both of those things. So somebody who can do skill development, sports specific skill development, and strength conditioning, speed and agility, and the general physical preparedness of an athlete. So from my standpoint, now this is the model that I use and have kind of moved to most recently. Um, There's a lot of benefits that come with this, and we'll get into those benefits later on in the show, but I want to kind of focus on the what, the who, and the how do you implement this before we get into the why. So as I stated, we know what it is now. Who can implement this? And in my mind, I think that really anybody can. I don't think that there is a a certain level that you needed to reach as an athlete to be able to then pass that down as a coach. I don't think there's really any limitations other than what you put upon yourself as to how far you can take your coaching career and how many different ways you can help your athletes. So for me, I want to say anybody who's willing to put in the work, just like anything else, anybody who's willing to put in the work can find a way to find success. Okay. And it might not be overnight. It might not be five, 10 years down the road, but if you continuously put in that work, and you give the best that you have at your craft, you're going to find success in that. And not only that, it's it's more about finding joy along the process, along the journey, than being so fixated on the end result or the destination of whatever this you know project is. And I know that sounds corny. Because how many times have you heard that? You know, it's not about the destination. It's about the journey. And and that is corny, but like I totally agree with that. And so for me, any coach who's willing to put in the work 
master their craft, learn new skills, continuously educate themselves and dedicate themselves to helping their athletes, I think is more than eligible for a hybrid training model. You know, I, I think my biggest pet peeve is coaches that rely on their playing career or what they've done in the past to validate their coaching career or what they're doing now. Because believe it or not, some of the worst coaches that I know are former professional athletes. And some of the best coaches that I know are guys that never played a meaningful sport after high school. So what does that tell you? It's it's not about what you did. It's about what you're doing currently and wh- how you're refining and perfecting your skill set and your craft, right? Just because you played pro doesn't mean you're going to be a good coach. It It just doesn't. And just because you never played pro or college or at a high high school level doesn't mean that you can't be a good coach. It's all about the effort that you put into your craft, the resources that you get into, the investment in your education, all of that stuff is more relevant than your playing career. So, sorry, I, I told you I wasn't going to go on any rants, but here we are on a rant already, freaking 10 minutes into the show. But I just want to get that out there. I mean, I don't think that there's a prerequisite for who can be both a skills trainer and or a strength and conditioning coach. I just really don't think that's the case. Now, it does help to have a background. I will say that. If you played football in high school, it's going to be really, really hard for you to become a really good basketball coach if you never played basketball. That's just the reality of it. It helps to have a background. But even if you didn't, I still think all of this stuff can be learned over time. All this stuff can be refined and and you can educate yourself over time. If you're not in a rush for overnight success, I see no reason why you'd be able to pull this off or you wouldn't be able to pull this off. So I just think that it's more about the skill set and the education and the constant working towards bettering yourself as a coach rather than, you know, what you traditionally might be viewed at. So that's kind of my long-winded answer for who can become a hybrid coach. And that's really an answer for who can become anything. I didn't major in strength conditioning or exercise science or kinesiology or any of those types of school uh, programs. I majored in telecommunications and I found out I didn't want to do that. So I self-educated for the last two years of college and then going into my professional career. So it's no different. You can really do anything that you set your mind to as long as you're ready to put that work in, right? So anyway, before I go, like, I don't want to lose you guys already on this dad tangent of mine, but that's really what I feel about who can be a coach. In terms of how can we operate this, I I think that it depends. So that's uh, kind of the go-to answer, right, for strength coaches. It depends. But for me, what's worked is having a credit system. So you pay X amount a month for X amount of credits. Those credits can be used for X amount of sessions. 
And then I offer sessions in two domains, on court and weight room. So on court, you're going to get your basketball skill development. In the weight room, you're going to get your strength and conditioning and your speed and agility work. So that's how we all that's how we offer it up. So if you're on a three times a week plan, you can come Monday and Friday in the weight room and then Wednesday on the court. And then that's how you can do it. A lot of a lot of people are doing the unlimited plan so they can do like a Monday, Wednesday, Friday in the weight room and then they can do Tuesday, Thursday on the court or you know other days on the court with other trainers. That's one other thing I want to, I do want to hit on is in terms of a hybrid training model, I think relationships matter the most. In, in training, I think relationships matter the most, meaning I offer strength and conditioning and I also offer skill development. Relationships to me are the most important thing in training in terms of you know how to really get long-term success. So that's one thing that this hybrid training model has been a little bit difficult with is because I love to manage even relationships that aren't mine. So meaning if I have a athlete that comes to me for strength conditioning and they go to somebody else for their basketball training, I'm a hundred percent cool with that because that relationship matters more for the benefit of the athlete. If they want to train with me on the basketball court, that's fine, but I'll never ask. I'll never pressure them and I'll continuously give them my best efforts to help them wherever I can in their development and help their other trainer also get the information for me needed to help them in their development. So I'm never one to step on toes. I'm never one to want everybody to train with me. Only I highly enjoy and embrace the relationships that athletes have built before me and that they'll build after me and just want to fit wherever I can in their development and help them however I can. So I have athletes that come to me just for lifting, athletes that come to me just for running, athletes that come to me for sports performance as a in, in whole, athletes that come to me for just basketball skill development, and then I have athletes that come to me for everything. They get the, the whole facet of services. And that's fine. I just want every athlete to fit in where they feel is the best and the most beneficial for them at that moment. And if it changes over time, that's great. If they end up doing more stuff with me on the court, that's great. If they end up doing less stuff with me on the court because the other option works out for them better, love that too. Again, I'm all about just training to help the athlete and get the athlete what they need and be able to facilitate growth however I can. So um, I'm always working on a continuum. Like I I try not to speak in absolutes. Like you can only do it this way. You can only do it that way. I think there are so many ways to do a lot of things in training. There's so many ways to get good results and I want to work on that continuum of, you know, moderate to extreme. So maybe sometimes you have to go to the extreme end of that continuum. Other times, maybe you can stay on the moderate side or sometimes you stay right in the middle. That's how I feel about the hybrid training coaching model is if I'm always stuck in an absolute zone, 
then something's not right. And if I'm always stuck in the it depends zone, something's not right. It has to be kind of fluctuating between those two zones to get the absolute most out of the training and coaching style. Okay. So let's talk a little bit about what exactly the hybrid coaching model entails from a detail standpoint. So first we want to look at the strength conditioning or sports performance of an athlete, right? These are the general physical preparation elements of a program. This gets the athlete prepared physically to handle the demands of their sport. On the flip side, you've got your skill development, which includes the technical and the tactical skills, meaning the technical are the exact sport movements needed to be able to complete a sporting action. The tactical skill is the strategy aspect of that skill or the strategy aspect of that technical quality. Let's say if we look at a floater in basketball. So that would be a technical skill. To get better at your floater, you would then practice all the variations of floaters to get better at that technical skill. To get better at the tactical skills of floaters, you're gonna have to look into the strategy. You wanna learn why to use a floater and when to use a floater. That way you know how to properly use a floater. So you're looking at not only the floater itself as a technical skill, but you're looking at the tactical elements which feature the basketball IQ that kind of tells you when, where, why, who, all of those details on what the technical skill can be applied to. So that's kind of the overview of what the hybrid coaching model entails. And I think one of the major benefits of this is that you are able to get highly individualized work in with your athletes. So if you're if you're in charge of both of those elements, the the physical preparedness and the skill development, then you can blend those two worlds together to get the athlete highly individualized programming. So keeping, I guess, the floater um, as our working example, right? I'm working with an athlete right now. He's training to go pro in Australia next season. So he's training over the winter because the Australia season is actually flip-flopped to most of the men's basketball seasons. They play the same season as the WNBA, which would be like, well, it's not exactly the same, but they play from about, I think, mid-April to late July or if you make the playoffs late July, but mid-April to June, I would say. So he doesn't have to leave until February to go to training camp. So we've been working on a lot of individual things because he lifts with me and he trains on the court with me. So it's easy for me to pinpoint exactly how to improve certain things on the court from a physical standpoint and from a skill standpoint that we can address and there's no middleman. So now I'm able to tweak all the variables needed for that athlete because I already know what his program is. Now, traditionally, let's say I was just handling his strength conditioning work. Um, I would have to share information 
with whoever else he was working with and hope that they utilize it to their advantage. Like, for example, this athlete has an extreme imbalance on their left hip mobility to the right hip mobility. So that's going to limit some of the things that they can do on the court, which is going to limit some of the moves that they're capable of performing at a high level, which is going to mean that we need to either fix that in the weight room or in their sports performance plan or alter some of the approaches that they're doing on the court. So simple things like that, I think, make a huge difference in terms of, you know, how you can impact an athlete and how you can really get the most out of the program. So other than that, I think another benefit is that you can really look into their load management. So obviously, when you know how much they're lifting, when you know how much they're training, when you know how much pickup they're playing, you can really monitor the load that's being put on this athlete's body and then get the most out of that training without overtraining that athlete and without kind of sending them into that zone where they're not being able to recover well or they're just flat out not feeling good. Their body doesn't feel good. So I think that's another major benefit is that you have full control over the training load that's being put on the athlete. And I mean, you can't control every variable in an athlete's life. They're an individual. They have to make their own life decisions. But if you can help them with their training variables, I think that's going to really help the athlete out and get give them the most benefits out of the program. Another benefit of this hybrid training model is that you can spend more time with the athlete. So that means you can develop a stronger relationship with the athlete, which means that you're going to be able to help impact that athlete at a much deeper level, right? So if I'm training in the weight room with an athlete, I got them on a court, we're working out six to seven times a week together. We're spending a lot of time together. We become more than just coach and athlete, we become family. And to me, that helps me get the most out of my athletes because that helps me develop trust um, with them and them with me. That helps us really get to know each other, how to how I can coach you and get the most out of you and how you can challenge me as a coach to get the most out of your training as well. So by asking questions, telling me where you want to be challenged more, what aspects of training you think you need to work on. It's a give and take relationship. It's constantly a coach and an athlete discussing these details. Like how can we get the most out of this process to help you really find success on the court, right? It's not just a coach saying, hey, we're going to do this, this, and this because that's my way and that's the way I always do it. It's constant feedback back and forth, right? So the more time you can spend with your athlete, the better a relationship you can develop with that athlete And that goes into the last benefit for coaches. And that's simply from a financial aspect. um, You, you can charge more like you're, you're a different breed. Like you're handling skills, you're handling weight room. You might be doing nutrition. You might be doing recovery, whatever else you can handle. um, I think there's benefits to that. And I think that there's some real validity to be able to say, Hey, I'm the expert in this realm. And your prices should 
appropriately match the services that you're giving. So from a coaching benefit standpoint, I think those are four major aspects of the hybrid model that you can really tap into. You know, you get the highly individualized work, you get to really take a inside look or a closer look at the load management. You get to build a better relationship and then eventually you can start to benefit more financially from this. So four really strong benefits that support this. In terms of concepts, again, in terms of concepts, kind of like how you bring this to life. In terms of concepts and actual training modalities of how you can actually bring this to life, I really like contrast sets. I really like to utilize sports science or um, quantification of sports specific movements. And then I also like a movement-based programming model that's going to bring the athlete's general physical preparedness up in the weight room and then transfer to the court. So what I mean by that, we'll start with the sports science aspect of things. You can quantify a lot of sporting movements now whether you have timing gates, uh, we use the 1080 sprint to do this. You can even go old school with a stopwatch. There, uh, you can use coach's eye, different apps to look at a deeper level of what's actually happening on certain reps. But this is one of my favorite ways to bring this coaching model into play because it gives you a chance to really put a number on a sports specific movement, which is huge. And then it gives you a chance to use that as a KPI or train to improve that. And so you can say, um, all right, let's improve your, you want to get better at driving, right? You want to have a more explosive first step. That's something that a lot of athletes really want. But how do you quantify that without actually putting some data behind it? You can't. So with something like 1080 Sprint, which is what we use, or you can use timing gates, or you can use coach's eye or on form and, and actually time it on screen, you can time an athlete's first step from various movements or time from move to take off at the rim. Whatever the constraints are, that's your choice to decide. But you can quantify these movements and then actually train to improve them with your strength and conditioning plan. For instance, Taking that same example, right? I want a better first step. I want to be more explosive. Okay, cool. Let's look at what your first step is. We'll hook you up to the 1080. We'll have you jab three times, sweep through, drive to the rim, take off. Okay, we're going to get literally your first step and the data with it. Your force, your power, your speed, all that. Then we're going to train and we're going to do some training modalities that we think are going to improve that first step. For us, it's gonna be a lot of acceleration-based work, um, a lot of eccentric and isometric strength-based work, a lot of stiff ankle work. Then we're gonna retest it. We're gonna do the same test back on the 1080. Jab three times, sweep through, same move. Let's compare. Did your first step get better or did it not? Does it feel better? Does it look better? And then does the data support whether or not it's actually better or not. That's the number one thing. And then most importantly, does it work in a game? Can you do it with a defender on you or nearby? 
those are some of the things as a coach that you can monitor with this hybrid training model. And that's something that I love is that you can see it from all elements. You can see it from learning the skill, training to improve the skill, implementing it in training and seeing it come to fruition in the game, which I think is just a beautiful trajectory or a, a nice journey to see for an athlete to be able to go through all those steps and really put it all together. Something that's honestly fulfilling to me and and it just feels great to see the athlete complete that mission. The next really effective and one of my favorite modalities to use in this hybrid training model is the use of contrast sets. So I mean that in the term of skill contrast sets. So just like in the weight room, where you have a contrast set, which is where you use a, a really heavy load on a compound lift, like let's say a squat, and then you contrast that or you pair it up with a similar movement pattern that's either unloaded or assisted that pairs with that really heavy compound movement. So if we're looking at the squat as an example, then we would look at a vertical jump as the contrast. You get the really heavy load, which is going to excite the nervous system, it's going to give you a really, really high amount of motor unit recruitment. It's going to really raise that threshold. And then you're going to contrast it with the jump. So you're going to get the most out of that because your body is kind of thinking, oh, this is 300 pounds on my back. I have to squat up. But then you do it with no weight, which is just your body weight. And you explode up. You feel really light and explosive. It's a central nervous phenomenon. Now, you can do that on the court as well. We've done it with heavy balls. We've done it with the Vertimax. We've done it with the 1080, where we're going to attach load or resistance to an athlete, have them go through a series of moves or sports-specific skill movements, and then we're going to unload them and have them do those same movements and see how they feel. Now, there are certain ways that you can do it. You can do it to... Challenge the athlete, meaning make it hard for them to do that move. And an example would be um, if we have overspeed, if we have overspeed, we're going to tow the athlete towards the anchor point of resistance. So they're going to be pulled faster than they typically would be able to run during that sport skill. Then they're going to be forced to decelerate, which is a lot more challenging because they're being pulled in. Then they're going to have to go contrast that with the movement and control all of that explosiveness and speed within that movement. So we've used the 1080 to pull guys into a pull-up jump shot. So it helps them gather their feet, get their balance, and get right into a quick pull-up without having any spillage over or sloppy footwork. We've also towed guys into a lateral deceleration where we're having them linear sprint linear at the anchor point of resistance and then turn to either the left or the right and do an inside outside foot deceleration then we would contrast that with a movement such as like a rondo pass fake where you're going to drive in in a linear fashion you're going to stop laterally left right do the ball fake like Rondo, and then pivot out of that to get into the shot. Now, we just pulled you into that with resistance. Now, it's going to be really hard for you 
to then contrast that because you're going to have so much extra speed and explosiveness. It's going to help you really stick those movements and get your footwork down perfectly so that when you do it in a game, it's like second nature. Um, another way that we do it is just like in the weight room where we're just trying to get output. We're just trying to contrast it and play kind of a prank on the nervous system and say, you've got really heavy load on you on this rep. You do it. We take it off. Your body is still at that heightened level of explosiveness and you go into that unloaded and you really get to feel your full capability of what kind of explosiveness you can have if you just apply that force properly in the drill or in that sport movement. So we do that a lot for drives to the basket. We do that a lot for um, any type of jab work or pivot work where we're going to be forcefully faking a motion like in one direction and coming out of it into another direction with resistance first. And then you unload that and you get really explosive when you do that movement. So it teaches the athlete just how much more they can get out of their footwork and out of their body angles in these certain drills to then be able to do that in the game without any of this training and make it as explosive as it is after the contrast set. So contrast sets, again, is one of my favorite things to do both in the weight room and on the court because you get to kind of play with the nervous system a little bit and get the most out of that. So the last thing that I want to focus on in terms of the benefits of the concepts of a hybrid training model is the movement-based training program. So if you listened to episode four last week, you saw that we have a push, pull, and a multi-plane day. So on that multi-plane day, you're going to be rotating, you're going to be moving laterally, so frontal and transverse plane, right? But in a hybrid training model, you can also incorporate all of these movement strategies into your program. You're going to be able to influence their adaptations from one end of the spectrum to the other, whether it be court to the weight room, weight room to the court, or life to either of those things, right? Life meaning pain or mobility or flexibility limitations. So some of the things I'd like to look at there are matching the movement strategies with what's going on in the weight room or the court. So let's say Friday we have an athlete who is doing their lateral or multi-plane day in the weight room, and they're also going to work out on the court that day. So in a perfect world, we can get them on the court first, which means we're going to pair their on-court day with their weight room day. So on the court, they're going to be doing lateral movements, change the direction, sidesteps, um, defensive work, things like that, because it's more of a lateral bias. And then in the weight room, we're going to layer that on with the strength and mobility work that they had planned in their program. So that is a huge benefit that you can do because then you're still in sequence of the training program and matching it to the skill development program. And those days are going to have the same movement bias 
And they're also going to have appropriate loading, volume, and intensity because you know, as the coach that's doing both, how much they're doing on the court and how much they're doing in the weight room. And then you can monitor that if either one of them goes a little bit off the program, right? So if you spend a lot of time on the court compared to what you had planned, then you can then easily, knowing what you did on the court, draw back from the weight room if they're doing it the same day because you already know the stress and the load that they put on the court in that movement plane that you're going to hit in the weight room. So it's a very easy adjustment for you just to simply say, oh, well, I had X amount of drills playing for the court. We went over by X amount. So now I know you're probably hurting. Let me take a couple sets off in the weight room. Let's work on this instead. And you can make those adjustments on the fly. Again, the program is not the Bible. It's just a template for you to use to get the most out of your time with the athlete. So that movement-based program, I think, is going to be huge because you can match what you're doing on the court with what you're doing in the speed and agility session with what you're doing on the weight session and have them all be cohesive and synergistic to each other. So it's not a random day. It's like, yeah, we worked on this on the court that feeds the weight room stuff or the sprint stuff. And then now I have a complete program that's tailored to exactly what I did that day, the load intensity and volume that I did that day. And it's specific to me as an athlete. So huge benefits there. Those three concepts I love. Again, the sports science aspect of it, the contrast sets and the movement-based programming. I love those. One thing I didn't hit on was what I call the scale of specificity. And this is basically just a scale or a pyramid of how specific an item can be relative to that sport. So if you go to the bottom, you have the base that's the widest you need that to be the most robust and strong part of the pyramid. So that is your general physical preparedness, right? That's your GPP. That's your general training, your sports performance stuff. You go up a level, you have the sport relevant stuff. Shout out to Mike Anderson, biggest troll in my life, but he taught me this phrase sport relevant as kind of a more appropriate phrase for sport specific. This level is going to be all the things that are a little bit more relevant and fine-tuned to the demands of your sport that you layer on top of that GPP. Then above that, you have your drills, right? This can be sports drills. You can be um, speed drills, mobility drills. These are highly targeted and individualized drills that can help fill the cracks or the voids in any of the bottom layers. And then lastly, at the top of the pyramid, you have sports skill. Right. This is just simply playing the sport. And then that will also be impacted by the drills that you did in all the levels below that. So that's just a quick synopsis of what the um, scale of specificity is or what that pyramid looks like. And that's been something that's really helped me to kind of organize my thoughts, organize my drills, organize my program to be able to get the most out of it and not have the athlete kind of going every which way with no rhyme or reason. So aside from that, I think that pretty much wraps up the 
most important points of everything I wanted to talk about in terms of, you know, what the hybrid coaching model is, who it's for, how you can apply it to your coaching practice. Um, I don't know if I missed anything that I had planned on, but this is also loosely based off of a Simply Faster article that I wrote a couple of months back where I'm kind of detailing a little bit more of like the X's and O's of how this model came about. So if you want to learn more, you can go to Simply Faster and check out my articles. Uh, I have a link in my Instagram bio, my Twitter bio, um, my link tree, if you will. So that's there if you want to dive a little bit deeper on that. But for the most part, I think that, you know, this is a, a decent foundation of what the hybrid training model is and who it's for, how you guys can benefit from it if you're coaches, how athletes listening can benefit from it if you've worked with a coach like this. Um, I just think it's really important to continue to invest in your education. Stay focused on the vision. Don't worry about any pushback you get or, you know, doubt from outside. Just focus on you and focus on the vision that you have and why you want to bring this for life to life. Just focus on you and why you wanted to bring this to life and focus on most importantly, just delivering value to your athletes. At the end of the day, that's the most important thing we can do as coaches is deliver value to the people that we work with. That's why we do what we do. We don't do it for the credit. We don't do it for the glory. We do it to help others, impact others, to make a positive impact in our community. And that's what it should be about. So just continue down the path that you're on. If you're stuck in a rut and you want to run things by me, shoot me a DM. I've got this stuff kind of decently figured out, but by no means do I have all the answers. I love to connect with people and, you know, fine tune different ways that I can maybe fix my model and get them get more out of it than what I currently am. So again, that's just a, a brief overview of this hybrid training model. Hopefully you guys enjoyed this episode. I'm trying to make this one a little bit quicker so you guys can get it in in the car, on, on the ride to work, or whatever the case may be. Again, I want to say a huge thank you to our partners over at Hoist. Again, thank you for supporting the show. If you guys want to learn more about Hoist, check out drinkhoist.com. You can learn more all about their IV level hydration. They have these ready-to-drink bottles and six amazing flavors. They also have dissolvable packets if you're kind of more of a, I got my cool water bottle, I want to just drop the packet in there, shake it up. They got that too. Hoist has an amazing electrolyte profile. They have way more electrolytes than most sports drinks on the market. Way less sugar, cleaner ingredients. It is a phenomenal product. Again, drinkhoist.com. You can use my code PACE, P-A-C-E, for 10% off if you're into that. Um, other than that, look forward to next week's episode. Again, thank you guys for tuning in. If you could, leave this a review, leave some feedback. If you're listening on Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube, whatever, give me the most stars possible. Please leave a nice review Share with a friend. Help us get the word out about the show because that's how the show can grow. And when the show grows, we can uh, get more sponsors like Hoist. All right, guys.
Peace out. Appreciate y'all.